Hey everyone, this is Jennifer with Peoria Business Champ, sponsored by Foxy Online Marketing. Um, they create websites, social media marketing campaigns, and other online marketing to help small businesses stand out. Today, we are here with Janine Wester from Peoria Architectural Salvage. I'm really excited about this interview, uh, Janine, because I've been a fan of your guys for years. And I love all the uh, old shows. Well, not old shows, but all the shows about old homes. Yeah. And the remodeling. Yeah. So I'm really. Uh, the only ones I like to watch anymore. <laughs> so I'm really excited to to get into that and talk to you um, about that. So um, why don't we just start with um, the background of where you grew up, where you're from, and how you got into this business. So my husband and I actually grew up in the same town, um, Mount Prospect, Northwest Suburbs of Chicago. Um, and we didn't date or anything like that, but we went to the same high school. Our parents lived two miles from each other. So we grew up there and then we moved to Peoria because he got a job teaching at Limestone High School. Okay. Um, we got into the online or the architectural salvage business, um, very randomly. I had a son at the time, um, just one kid. We have four kids now. That's why I say I had a son. <laughs> I still have a son, but we have three more. Um, we moved from a 1937 house in Peoria into a 1897 home in the heart of Peoria neighborhood um, and it had been used since the Great Depression as a boarding home. Um, so it had been chopped up into four different apartments. It had been just, I mean, for lack of a better word, like very abused over the last like 80 years. Um, and we were, we bought it and honestly, like I just fell in love with it. We would never intended to live in it, live in it, but I kind of convinced him that it would be such a great <laughs> idea to move into it. Um, we ended up trying to rehab it with period appropriate materials. And there was almost nothing to be found in the Peoria area. There were no antique doors. There were no light fixtures. There was no hardware that we could pick from. There was nowhere we could go to source the materials. Um, so we ended up going to Old House Society in Bloomington. And while we were there, we talked about why isn't there something like this in Peoria with their um, manager at the time? And she was like, I don't know, you guys should start one. And that's kind of was the spoken <laughs> for the idea. Um, and there's so many old homes in Peoria. Yeah. That's amazing. A town of this size with the, the housing stock that we have should have a resource for old homeowners. Mm -hmm. um, to have to drive 45 minutes to go buy a door is... I mean, old, old homeowners will do it. We will do sure, lots sure. of weird things for Talk our state. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Happens all the time. But if you don't have to, you you shouldn't have to. Yeah. You know, there should be. You just like to look around. Like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so we started working with the city of Peoria, and my husband really got it off the ground in the beginning um, as as why are, why is the city of Peoria demolishing all of these old houses and no one's going in to rescue anything beforehand. Mm -hmm. So we worked with our council member, Chuck Grab at the time to sort of get the idea in front of city council and it was approved and we got the LLC started and all that kind of fell into place. Um, and that's how we really got started doing it. That kind of got the ball rolling. Um, city houses are not our, we call them city houses. It's the houses that we go through um, that the city releases to us before demolition. Like they own them because people yeah. have defaulted on yes. them. And yes. So they've been um, uh, like relinquished to the city, um, non-paid taxes, um, ordered demolitions for like safety issues, things like that. Mm -hmm. So they're on the city demo list and we will go through them before the demo company gets there to try to remove anything that could be reused that's of like architectural you know, 
value. Mm-hmm. So that's how we got started. And that was in 2015. So okay. yeah. Yeah. Wow. So how did how did it start putting some doors in your yeah. garage? And- so <laughs> that's a good question. Um we it 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 spiraled really fast. Um, we had a lot of houses that the city allowed us to go into because there was a backlog at the time. Um, so we were sort of able to pick and choose off that list some really, I mean, I hate to say it, but they're really good houses. They they were being demolished. Um, most of them were beyond saving. Um, at this point, we do have a way to ensure that homes that maybe shouldn't be on the demo list are taken off. At the time, we didn't. So mm-hmm. um, we were just saving as much as we could. But we got all this material. We we had literally nowhere to put it. The garage at that house was almost as old as the house it was. It was a total. Mm-hmm. It was just awful. So we were storing things in our basement, smaller things in like our old like brick Cellar, yeah. basement. Mm-hmm. And then we ended up renting a garage, a garage space on Gale Avenue. And it's funny because sometimes we still have customers, like even just like a month ago, I had a customer that was like, I remember when I went to that warehouse or the, the garage you were renting on Gale. And that was eight years ago. But um, we were renting that space for like six months. And then we ended up buying the building that we have now on Adams Street. So we do own that building. Okay. Um, and that was sort of just a random, my husband called the guy, he'd been eyeing that building for like a year or so and said, Hey, do you want to sell it? And what was year like, was that? I'm sorry. That was 2015. That was late 2015 that we bought that building. Okay. So it was early 2015 when we started the building. And I think it was like July when we ended up closing. So really building. Yeah. 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 And of course we had like, you move into this big building and it looks like you have nothing because we were occupying like the front mm-hmm. half of one room. So mm-hmm. it looked like we had nothing after we moved into this mm-hmm. building, but I mean, it, it worked out great because it's just the perfect amount of space now. But yeah, when we started out, it was just like literally out of a garage for the first couple of months. Have you always loved older homes? I grew up, no, I mean, I just didn't really, it was never on my radar. Yeah, yeah. Um, growing up in the suburbs, we were in like a little, um, it was like a little post-war um, neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like 19, I want to say it was like 1950s, 60s that the home was originally built, which by my standards now is like not old, yeah. but um, it is, but it, it's not like what you think of when you think of old homes. Yeah. So it was never really, like I always loved them and thought they were beautiful, but and there were older homes in our in our town, but um, nothing that I had like ever really been in or been familiar with. So the the home that we moved um, into when we first moved to Peoria was the oldest home we'd ever lived in. Okay. So and that seemed like super charming by our standards because yeah. it had the glass doorknobs and little arch plaster walls and things like that, and yeah. it had a lot of charm to it. But then when we saw that Victorian, um, the, the second home that we moved into, it was like. God, this is incredible. It had 18-inch crown molding. Excuse me. It had huge French glass doors, pocket doors, a marble fireplace. It was just unbelievable. Eight-foot oak doors throughout the entire home. And that was just like, I I just, I I had to live in the house. I had to live in the house. And is your husband on board by this time? (laughs) He did not want to live in that house. I mean, he was being a realist about it. Heating costs. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it was. It was expensive to heat. Ten-foot ceilings, um, drafty old windows and doors, all original old windows and all that. Um, So he was just being more realistic about, like, how much work it was going to need. But we both did love the house. You know, we we, we both, you know, really enjoyed living there and and enjoyed the home and and working on it. Well, you know, most of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of them were kind of. but, um, But... 
it was it was definitely me convincing him to to move in and I was like we need some space and you know we knew we wanted to have more kids than than that at that point mm-hmm. so we had lots of rooms and it was a big like 3600 square foot home oh so it was big wow. yeah it was it was really big so so you when you got the building and then you said you're just operating out of a small space yeah um how would you create the vision or how did the vision come to life there was probably there was <laughs> feel like we were kind of like flying by the seat of our pants at first. Um, and I, I mean, I still kind of feel like that a lot of times, but um, we were getting inventory in so fast um, that it was sort of just like stack it, stack it, stack it. Um, and we weren't being super selective about what we were taking just because we didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. So we were taking everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this point, I have much more of a vision for what I want our warehouse to look like when people come in, um, what I want our social media pages to be like, um, what I want our websites to look like. But I definitely have like a really clear vision for what I want it to be like when you walk in. I want it to be like a fabulous sparkly colorful candy store like candy land for Mm -hmm. old homeowners I want it to be um as awe-inspiring as possible um to to the extent that that we're able to get in wonderful beautiful pieces and I want people to people who are shopping to be able to find things they want and be inspired by what we have but also people just to be able to walk in and be like wow this is really cool even if you're not going to buy anything I just want it to be enjoyable and um being able to hire people that also have that vision has been really helpful um just because my my husband is a professor at ICC so this is you know he's kind of handed it off to me and I took the reins and so it's it's been me kind of crafting with my warehouse manager editing so to mm-hmm. speak what mm-hmm. we what we want in and what we don't want mm-hmm. in and just trying to make it walkable and pretty and easy to find things and you know, interesting. You keep people moving through the store and things like that. How'd you grow your customer base? Yeah. I mean, social media. Um, I knew right off the bat, once we got the LLC started and we had to go ahead from the, you know, with the contract with the city, I got a, a Facebook page started and people seemed and still are super receptive to the idea of architectural salvage. Mm-hmm. People are very enthusiastic mm-hmm. about it. So I don't feel like for our type of business, it was really hard to get Tough people sale. on board. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People just have like a lot of people just have an innate interest in like even if you're not buying something, just like the history. what are these yeah. old homes? Mm-hmm. Like I try to do live walkthroughs before all of our salvages so people can see the interior of these buildings because most of the time that's the last time that anybody is gonna walk through them like that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. About five days ago you were taking down the yeah. church where you found the time <laughs> yeah. capsule. Yeah. Know that there was something behind. We there. didn't. Um, that was so we were going to take the um the cornerstone that carved cornerstone that said 1925 on it anyway, just because it's such a cool architectural piece. Okay. Um, and I love like old weird stone pieces. Okay. So I want that, and it was easy to get to. Um, it's you know we didn't have to rent lifts or anything like that. So, a woman had been walking by while we were outside, unloading loading something into our tray tr- trucks and trailers, and she said, "Oh, there's a." There's a time capsule behind there. We put one in in 1975, and it was like, oh, okay, that's you know, all right. But that's always there's always lots of rumors floating around. Yeah, you yeah. know, there's all kinds of rumors about stuff in old houses and things you'll find, and okay. 
we've never, I mean, rarely ever find something. So we were, Colton, my warehouse manager was chiseling away at the mortar and I was just like, there's, no, there's nothing behind here. It was all original mortar. And she had said 1975. And I was like, well, this is, this is ever been touched. Yeah. yeah. All original brick. Um, everything was intact. We kept going deeper and deeper and deeper into this, into the brick wall to get this big stone out. And normally they're not that deep. This thing was, I mean, I want to say probably 14 to 16 inches deep, wow. which is crazy. Yeah. And one of the guys, um, one of the owners of the building, this church that owns it currently was there. And he was like, I could hear him in the video saying like, there's something behind that because it was so big. And the thing it weighs so much that when you're done eliminating the mortar around it, it really just kind of falls out on its own, um, which is why we had the blanket laying out and stuff. But you can't put your hands underneath it because at that point it's it's going to fall on your feet. So it's kind of just stand back and let it go. Yeah. And it tumbled and I couldn't see anything. And Colton's like, there's a time capsule. And I was like, you're kidding me because I couldn't see anything. And he flipped it over and there was that that copper box inside of it and I just I was like this isn't like this is ridiculous That's this amazing. never happens um and so we still at that point thought I, I thought I had it in my head I had the year 1975 in my head so right away when we opened it we saw those newspapers I was like there's our date and opened it up and it was you know 1925 newspapers so oh which were like in crazy good condition. Um, and I saw it on Facebook. I mean, the, we could unfold them. They didn't crumble. It was it was really bizarre um, because that box had no seal or anything like that keeping it, you know, airtight or anything. Mm -hmm. So wow. the fact that anything in there was still preserved like that was really unusual. Do you think if, if it yeah. wasn't for the lady walking by, you never would have? We we were going to remove that that stone. Yeah. Um, but I never would have thought there would be anything in it um I I don't I mean it's just we've never found anything like that before so I try not to get my hopes up about finding anything because mm -hmm. you normally don't so besides you know, that have you ever found money in a no we uh, yeah I know we always joke about finding the jar of cash or you know something like that we've never found money um we did find like an antique gun one time that was like a really old like German gun I I don't I didn't really yeah, it's not my thing. So I didn't really look, you know, I didn't really look at it. But um, we did find, you know, like that one gun one time. And then um, sometimes we find like weird stuff under like a few times we found like old shoes under staircases, which Kids is lost them. It's, them a, it's a superstition thing. I looked it up because this was a man's shoe, like a leather shoe with like a stacked heel on it. Um, and it had just been placed under the bottom. Um you know, under the treads, you have to lift up the treads to get it. And apparently it's like a, it was a Victorian superstition thing. A sh I don't know why a shoe, but hmm. yeah, shoes once in a while we'll find like crusty old shoes. Yeah. Just, I don't know. It's kind of cool because it's weird, but, um, and then we found, um, one time we were taking out a mantle out of this huge mansion in Champaign and we'd found really old, um, like late 1800s photographs that had slipped behind the mantle oh. and had like candle wax dripped down. Yeah. Like that. So they're kind of spooky looking. So how far, um, do you go out? Yeah. So we've, the farthest we've gone is Indiana, okay. um, right over the border. I think it was Goodland, Indiana. So not that far just because, I mean, unfortunately there is a lot being demoed in the immediate area. So a lot of times we don't have to travel like really far. We'd go anywhere if it, if it made sense, yeah. you know, 
money-wise, but um, but that is the farthest we've gone for an actual salvage. Have you ever built a house that's haunted? Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. There are houses that have been creepier than others. Um, my warehouse manager swears that the the our warehouse is haunted. I'm there all the time by myself, and I feel fine. Um, the basement is always creepy just because it's sitting basement. Like yeah. with the lights on, I'm, you know, I'm not super creeped out. But there's one house we did that OSFO. Well, there were a few, but there was one in particular that everyone just felt just on edge. It was just creepy. It was just a really big dark old house with long narrow hallways and a lot of the windows had been boarded up and it, you just always got that feeling like just something was behind you mm, some creepy yeah. sensation yeah and I don't know if that was more just that the house was super creepy so dark yeah, yeah. and then we've done a couple funeral homes too um and the one funeral home we did it was right here in town it was 203 Perry um the basement creeped me out so much I would not go down there by myself and that was probably just again because it was like tons and tons of rooms so mm -hmm. you're walking and there's doorways in front of you and doorways behind you and you can't see everything and dead bodies used to be there and, <laughs> yeah and so they had divided this basement into different viewing rooms where they'd have the, the caskets before I think before they brought them upstairs okay. the, so it was, it was a little you know kind of spooky yeah because there's just all these viewing rooms and then there was the embalming room in the back and mm. I just didn't go in there by myself um you were in neighborhood um I love high street I love Moss Avenue obviously that's like the one everyone knows I feel like as many people don't know about high street and it's kind of neat because it's like twisty and turny and it's got some really huge like four-story, you know, all original looking Victorian homes and the gorgeous gates in front. And it's also got that like really, I think it's high street. It has a really old oak tree. It's like oh, a 500 year old yeah. oak tree or something like that. That's really cool. Um, but then also- with the, um, with the fence around yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. You can't go up to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's so cool. Um, and then there is the Uplands is like a beautiful historic neighborhood. So There's this is what? That is right by Bradley, like down the street, okay, I think, yeah. from Bradley. Yeah, and they've got like that gorgeous kind of arbor thing that leads into their neighborhood. Roanoke Randolph has some amazing homes on that street, and I was really fortunate to be able to yeah. go into one. Like Columbia Terrace over there. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, like right up, yep, yeah, like right down from Columbia Terrace. Um, And then there's that cool like stone how I don't know. There's some brick roads over there. Yes, yeah, that street is amazing, Um, and a lot of those homes have been like, incredibly well preserved um and that's pretty much due to the people that own them yeah i mean i think it's basically homes, all yeah. all them that's that's done that so yeah. i've been into one and it's just it's unbelievable the perry uh oh yeah behind the yes. behind the fire department yeah monroe up there and we have salvaged a ton from that neighborhood yeah. um but some of our best salvages were from perry street but yeah perry street monroe madison there are a lot of neighborhoods in Peoria that have some really great homes. Mm -hmm. And then we, that house, that big Victorian house that I mentioned that we bought, that was on Lynn Street, which isn't like known for its grand old houses, but there's some beautiful yeah. houses on that street yeah. too. Yeah. All the way down. Going towards McClure. Yeah. 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 So there's, there's really some nice 
kind of gems. Or even our Bigelow, like all the way over by the high school behind yes. there. There's some really pretty houses. Yeah, that whole neighborhood has mm -hmm. got some. And, and the farther you go down towards the hospital, there are some really old houses yeah. there, too. I feel like the farther you get downtown, like the bigger some of the houses get. So, yeah. Yeah. And Peoria was first, like, built. Like, yeah. it started kind of. Right by there. the river there. I think mm -hmm. it kind of all branched out from there. But yeah, there's so many good old. And like old, old houses. And then you get into the cuter, like, 1920s neighborhoods. Yeah. Like, Sheridan. Yeah. yeah. I was just going to say Sheridan and stuff like that. So there's a whole range of really cool neighborhoods in Peoria. Have you ever took any of the um, Peoria uh, Historical Society tours? Yes. So we did one. Um, okay. So I, this is so random. I'm a member of the Antique Doorknob Collectors of America. I love it. <laughs> and we did a tour of... The Pettengill House over the summer last summer, okay. and I think that was my first tour of that home. And then we did the tour of um, the Christmas oh. house, open house tour. That was so cool. I wish we had left more time to go to more, but I definitely want to do that again. Next Always wanted year. to do that. I haven't yeah. done that one. We've sponsored it, but I've never, embarrassingly, never. Yeah. Um, and I blame it on like having little kids around, but our kids were old enough this time that we could go without, you know, like. Mm -hmm. They're going to touch everything. So, yeah. Uh, they they kind of know now. But, um, yeah, their their tours are so cool. Um, I took my kids to the, uh, this is a, when they were younger, so maybe like 2012, uh, 13, uh, the Historical Society used to have the trolley bus and oh, take the tours yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. We offered something like that. I don't know if it was the trolley bus. Um some sort of charter bus. It was like a VIP experience for the Christmas ones oh, that looked really yeah. cool because then you don't have to get in and drive. You can yeah. just kind of relax. And, so yeah. they uh, we went through Springdale, Springdale Cemetery. I need to get in there. Yeah. 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 I love it. I know. And, uh, and it goes down Grandview Drive. It okay. talks about the castle house. That's so cool. That, yeah. that house was built, I think they said, for $40,000 back then. It's, and yeah. it was... The the owner, uh, the dad rather, the bride gave her the money for a, a Christmas or a wedding present. And oh my gosh! And that after a German cow. Okay, yeah, yeah. And now it's do they call it the? Um, it's a Sordstrom house. Yes, now. yes, uh -huh. yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah, that's what I always think of it as. In but you life. can tell even on Grandview Drive, like the older homes, like the different. Yeah. Parcels of land. There's one yeah. I'm just obsessed with. I don't know if it's like a Spanish revival or something like that, but it's got like two story arched windows on either side of the house. And when you first turn in, looking at the river, yeah, the side, yeah, it is just Spanish. unbelievable. Yeah. That oh was on gosh. there. That time. Oh. <laughs> and when you first, okay, so that church is right there, and you turn right. Like yeah. Gonna, yes. Yeah. Um. So, the second house on the left is the first house that was ever built on Grandview Drive. Okay, yeah. And it was built there as a summer house because oh, the gosh. people that had it built lived in the city and it was just too hot. Oh, okay. The yeah. Summer. So they had to get away from it all. Yeah. yeah. The breeze and then they were up on the cliff. Oh, they do have a really good breeze right up off yeah. the, the bluff there. Yeah. So that's a good one. And then they have another tour that goes down like Farmington Road and talks about like oh, the little bar right there. Oh, yeah. Um, and on on Sheridan you know where um, it's Walgreens and then the furniture store now. Yes. And Ace Hardware is right here. Okay. But okay. back across the street <laughs> is a furniture store. And then that house on the corner. Okay. A, a lawyer and his wife used to live there. I think I know. 
and there's a barber shop behind it. Yes. The barber shop used to be the garage. I lived one block. From oh, okay. Yeah. So that's okay. The bullets in the in the yeah 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 that was yeah. a mob hit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I lived so I lived on Lynn and Arcadia. That's where oh, old house was. Um, and that my kid got his haircut at that barber oh, shop a couple nice. times. Yeah, because they had like the old school barber chair and stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's that was like the um talk of the yeah everybody knew that's like where one of the mob hits was back in the day and so my neighbor who lived on Lynn and Arcadia too right across the street from us lives in like a beautiful uh, 19 early 1900s I don't know if it's 1920 or 19 you know 10 or something like that but uh the story was because our front door has like five or six deadbolts on it and the windows had bars on it at one point apparently the owner had like a mob hit out on him something Mm -hmm. like that there's Mm -hmm. some story there that was like connected with the mob like and so he was like super paranoid you know this was the whiskey capital of the world i'm sure yeah some and there was some shady dealings Mm -hmm. and he was like scared for his life because their front door had like yeah, several deadbolts on it, wow. and that was you know back in the day when that was you know prohibition. Probably yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my other neighbor across the street from us um, on Lynn Street had a vault like safe in their basement that had been like walled over at one point, and supposedly that was something to do with the you know everything's like yeah, oh, this is my, this is my. Yeah, yeah. but it was weird. It was like a big like big safe built into the wall of their basement and supposedly there was some connection there too but it was a fun neighborhood <laughs> they always say that there there's houses that have tunnels that are part of the underground railroad oh, yeah have you ever found it either? no not not so far um you know we we don't get much into like removing bricks in the basement and stuff like that because that kind of turn tends to you know turn into like a big mess but yeah. um we've done some really old homes but i don't know that we've done anything that would be old enough yet to have been part of that okay. yeah most of the i think the oldest home that we know that we can actually date was like 1876 or something like that yeah. so old for this area yeah. but yeah yeah i'm not sure if it would be like old old enough old enough to be part of right but yeah yeah but yeah some historian would know more than yeah that. yeah yeah so i wanted to ask you too when you okay you have no quote-unquote experience like in um appraisal or whatever uh all the stuff that it takes to run your yeah, type of business yeah, no. can you tell people how you figured that out it was trial and error it was many years of selling things for way less than we should have been probably mm. we also asking more for things that just really i don't know honestly weren't weren't that valuable. you didn't know yeah didn't know um it's it's so much trial and error i am still every day learning like oh wow that's worth a lot more than i thought it was or like you know that's that's something that a lot of people want you know it looks like a piece of junk but a lot of people need it for their restoration you know Mm -hmm. so keeping sets together of you know oddball hardware and things like that that are those scarce pieces that aren't glamorous and nobody's coming to look at them right people need them yeah yeah so um but yeah just lots of research um looking at other companies what are they selling it for what area are they in are they in new york are they, they're going to get 40 percent more than we are so bump that price online, down. so it's exactly. not just your market exactly so looking at the the online market what are people asking what is it going to cost us to ship um shipping was 
a huge learning curve for us. Huge. Um, and I'm still perfecting that Why? process. Um, everything is, you know, I would, <laughs> I would love it if everything was the same size. It would be boring, but it would be so much easier, like be able to throw things in a box. But we're constantly having to like cobble boxes together and, you know, make weird packages for things. And my warehouse manager has started doing custom crates for us um, over the past two years, which has allowed us to ship lots more things. But um, learning like what's the safest way to ship things. What's the best co uh, company to use to for the best price, for the best handling, okay. that kind of thing. Um, we do, um, on a pretty regular basis, we do what's called white glove shipments. So we'll have a shipper come pick it up, wrap the item. This is mainly for like doors and things that can't be crated because it would just be totally cost prohibitive. Mm -hmm. um, and then transport them all the way across the country and hand deliver them to the customer. Mm -hmm. So building connections with people that you trust because that there are some people that are not very trustworthy. Um, and we've learned that the hard way to be honest with, with one or two shipments, um, just, you know, but you we lose them. Yeah. Yeah. We've had things that never got where they were going and that's super rare. It doesn't happen a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, I mean, if anything like that would ever happen, we, so we just the cost, to protect you know? themselves from that insurance. Or? We cover, we do the insurance and we cover the cost if anything were to be broken or, you know, in a case like that, um, you know, shipping through USPS or UPS or anything like that, you know, insure everything's insured. But on a case like that, yeah, we, we just, it's, you know, you eat the cost as a business and protect your customer. And that person actually who had their shipment never show up, bought another door from us and it was fine because we found, we, found we found a better shipper. Yeah. But yeah, it's just building connections with people that you trust for that kind of thing. Um, and, and, and then being careful, but also efficient with shipping things. What's the best way we can do this for the most efficient cost, the least cost, mm -hmm. you know, the, not overusing packing material, not costing, you know, not putting in a box three times the size and, you know, wasting space and, and money and things like that. So that's been a lot. <laughs> what do you feel um, has made you guys successful? What's the biggest thing you would pinpoint that to? I mean, the Peoria community has been really supportive. Mm -hmm. um, people have always, we have, we've had repeat customers since day one, very loyal customers. Um, we've had um, people in the city, people who work for the city, um, politicians who have been very very helpful in offering their assistance and in, in, in helping us get started with our contract with the city. Um, people online sharing our posts. I mean, every little bit helps. Social media has been huge. And I mean, just really thankful that we can get that sort of free exposure yeah. to kind of get the ball rolling on things like that. Um, but yeah, just people and, and people who take care of their old houses and are willing to invest in a quality piece that costs more than it will at Lowe's, mm -hmm. but is more beautiful and Matters, historic. Yeah. And mm -hmm. yeah, we'll stay in the house for another hundred years. Um, just the old house community, not even just in Peoria, but I mean, really all throughout the United States. Um, How many people do you have working for you? Um, right now we have two. Okay. We are an extremely small company. Two people on the payroll. I don't, I, I'm working on paying myself. Um, that's, that is so technically I'm an employee of the company. Not really. I don't know if you could call me that, but <laughs> I am my warehouse manager. And then I have a part-time 
um, woman who helps me on our open days. And then also she'll come and help us after salvages, you know, just as needed. Like, we got to get this truck unloaded. Mm -hmm. We have to get things cleaned. We have to get things organized, priced, um, put up on racks, things like that. Um, and then we're actually um, hiring, this sounds ridiculous, but hiring my two oldest kids to help too, because as a um, as the owner of a business, you can have your family members work for you. And so they are going to be official employees and they're going to get a paycheck and they're going to learn how to do simple things like, yeah, 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 just simple stuff, not handling anything, you know, icky or dangerous or anything like that. But um, my son, my oldest is 11. He'll be 12 at the end of summer. And then my daughter is going to be nine at the end of summer. So they're really still like pretty young. They can't do a lot, but we had time um, I mean, yeah they're getting into it my daughter is is really helpful with stuff she'll she'll sweep for me and price things and go put things away she's learning where things are in the warehouse and they'll help me unload a truck if it's stuff that they can't get hurt on you know yeah. they'll get in there and Chairs, unload boxes and, and yeah yeah so every family business that I've interviewed um has always talked about how their mom or dad or grandpa brought them into the business yeah or young, that's and, they, and that's how they learn i would love that for them if they want to if they want to if they don't want to they don't have to i that's kind awesome. of, you know i don't it's, it's them exactly yeah a lot and you have to love doing it and if you don't it would be probably a pretty miserable job to, yeah. to have you have to you really have to enjoy it um so if that's something that they're interested in when they get older, I would love to just let them take it and retire and with be a consultant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and if they don't, we'll deal with that when the time comes. But now they just want to make money so that they can have a little bank account yeah. and buy things they want. So Candy. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, no, my son wants a, a no. Nintendo Switch. Oh, he just he good. yeah. So he's earning for that. And my daughter wanted a pair of skates. So they're you know they've got some some goals. Yeah. Days. I got every kid's different. I got I got uh, one son. As soon as he gets money, it burns a hole in his pocket. Oh know? yeah. Oh, they can't yeah. hold on to it for yeah. a minute. No. And I have another son that probably has about three hundred dollars. Yeah, saved like, a, like, like, like a little saver. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's gonna go. He's gonna start washing cars. Oh here yeah. In the yeah. next couple weeks. So you know, yeah. but if they're willing to work, it's awesome. It's great work work ethic for them. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. My, to buy them like a lot of things like i really yeah. want to teach them like you want a new playstation like, right right yeah and it's super motivating they'll get a lot of work done around the house too, yeah. which is awesome for me yeah. so yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like well if you want to go do that you can earn a dollar but i'm not going to do it for you yeah so, yeah so um you had mentioned earlier that your warehouse manager made uh some crates yeah for yeah. you is that something that you asked him to do or he just on his own up and did it he, he got offered at one point. He's like, well, we could create it. You know, he got offered it up as an option. And so we kind of priced it out for a few items and then put them online. Um, everything in our, both of our stores, our Etsy store and our, our just our website, PeoriaSalvage.com has shipping included in the mm -hmm. price. I don't want to call it free shipping. It's yeah. shipping included in the price. So yeah. it won't cost you any extra beyond your initial purchase. So we figured out what that was going to cost and built that into the cost of the item. And it's been working. People people pay and I think it's peace of mind to know that your item's going to be padded and crated and yeah. you know taken care of properly it's not just going to be thrown in a in a box and you know across our fingers <laughs> so, um but he's very he's super handy um at this point he's got a workshop set up in the basement of our warehouse where he can do a lot of that stuff the and, reason why I ask is yeah. I wanted to know like what is your management style do you kind of just like let people like spread their wings and yeah. see what they can do. I, that's for me. And my husband is more like 
you know, what are you doing? And, and not like, what are you doing? But like, you need to get well and yeah. this needs to get done. And, and we, but I, I mean, Colton, my, my manager at this point, I mean, he's a very capable individual. So, so you trust him. Yes. Yeah. And, and he's been working for us for six years at oh, least. Oh, wow. So we definitely, like, you know, he, he knows the company well, he knows me well, I know him well. And so he, at this point, knows what needs to get done. Um, if there's specific things, I'll ask for them. You know, we tr- we've we got, like, little lists on our little whiteboard in the back that we write things on. Gotcha. And we kind of, we're there quite a bit at the same time. So you're you know? always communicating. So we can kind of be like, oh, this is coming up, you know, this needs a crate or whatever. But if something ships, you know, he'll know, or something has sold on our website and it's a large item, like, he knows, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. he just kind of knows. And yeah, yeah we're so kinda... on vacation and everything's, you're... yeah, 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 it's hard though. Um, if it's an open day and I'm gone, that, that makes me not nervous, but I just feel bad just because about not everything in the warehouse is priced just because there's just a ton of stuff and it's really hard to get everything priced. And that's something that we're working really hard on is trying to be super organized and have everything priced and organized, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I'm going it's, to it's probably never going to be 100 mm-hmm. percent so i always try to like have my phone on me in case somebody needs to call me or something like that so, i mean i trust them and things you know it's 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 you there's yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's just in and you know i don't want to like leave people high and dry that work for me you right, know, without right. a way of communication but right. yeah i mean they're they're capable of holding down the fort while i'm what you know if i've got to be on a vacation or out of town for something mm-hmm. so yeah i try not to do it on purpose but it, it pops up every once in a while so what's your favorite part about going to work what gets you excited I it sounds dumb I love organizing like new inventory because it's such a thrill when we get new stuff in and I love like getting my hands on all of it and cleaning it up I love cleaning hardware like old crusty hardware Um, I've got like a bench grinder in the back with a brush on it and I love like cleaning it up and getting paint off of stuff and making it look like gorgeous again yeah um I've gotten into rebuilding and rewiring like some of our lights. So getting those functioning again so somebody can actually enjoy them instead of trying to sell them as like a project type thing. Um, So that's been fun. And they're kind of like a puzzle to put together sometimes. Um, But I also just love like being in the warehouse because I think it's beautiful. And and I love, I enjoy Mm -hmm. being there as long as the weather's not horrible um but because our warehouse is unheated for the most uh, part except for you know one little area but um yeah I just I love it's it's quiet being there by yourself too to get to be with all the old things and mm-hmm. it, yeah 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 I could see how you would love that yeah yeah and then just putting things in you know like getting new inventory you know in that in that vein I like to like put things where they look pleasing and will kind of draw people in and keep them yeah there's that exploring and there's that part of it too like the experience yeah yeah like discovering something like when you turn around and maybe see like an area you hadn't been to before and I have people come in all the time and say like when did you get that it's like oh we've had that for like two years I mean you're like see something new because there's a lot to look at so yeah yeah but so you guys do a great job on social media. Thank you. You each have a TikTok page. Oh, and- God. TikTok. <laughs> I've been neglecting TikTok lately. Um, who got you started on TikTok? I took the plunge a few months ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's a smart business move. Yeah. And I, I should maybe make a little bit more of an effort to get some sort of schedule going, like at least one video a week or something like that. But it's a lot of pressure to come up with something like 
really clever. Not that any of our videos are really clever, but you yeah. see so many other awesome, hilarious, beautiful, yeah. yeah. No. But there's just, no. um, you know, there's so many inspiring and really entertaining videos out there. And so I would say do exactly what you've been doing. I think just because other people like dance and do their stuff. Yeah. That, yeah. That's I'll okay. never be dancing. Yeah, no. <laughs> I love dancing, but I'm not going to record myself doing it. But I think even like a video just showing this doorknob or telling the yeah. story. I think those are, do, they, those do really well on TikTok. They need too. to, I need to just keep it simple, I think, yeah. and maybe just post just a 30 second video. Yeah. 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 That's good encouragement. Just, yeah. Just, just how you do on Facebook, you guys do really good videos on I, there. And, you know, and, and sometimes you get a little burnout, but then sure. just take like something new, like the time caps or just like even like a new salvage to kind of like refresh you and like wanting to tell people about yeah, it kind of gets it. me motivated again. So I think just documenting your day. Yeah. I think, I think that would go a long way with people because people like to see how a business does business. And, and you know, <laughs> that's so true because that's what I enjoy about a lot of the other accounts that I follow that are similar to ours. Um, is How the like, sausage is made. Yeah, like <laughs> their, you know, their, po their, their posts on their feed, but like the behind the scenes stuff of like cleaning up a really beautiful antique chandelier or... Um, Dropping a plate and breaking it. I mean, <laughs> you know, stuff happens. Yeah. yeah being just transparent about like just... Mm -hmm crap that happens when you're you know on the job and 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 you know like unboxing things that you just got in like I love that type of stuff yeah. so yeah I think just videos like that kind of do draw people in so yeah, but yeah. You, you guys do a good job so thank you, you. yeah Facebook and TikTok and TikTok yeah. yeah I feel like TikTok's kind of a quarter of account a quarter of an account <laughs> I haven't posted a lot on it when but you start I'd have to go back and check my account okay. um I'm trying to think of the first video I posted I mean if it's been a year, I'd be surprised. Maybe it has been. Yeah. Mm. I so. applaud you because a lot of businesses aren't, aren't on it. And I think it scares people a lot just because you see all the really well done videos and crazy transitions and awesome camera work and all that. Yeah. But the the vast majority of accounts are not, you know, the ones that are getting a million views. So yeah. I think it's okay to just dive in and get something. It's better to have something up, even if it's not that great mm -hmm. then they have nothing up because at least you know it's out there and people can learn a little bit about your company through you know and not only that when even if you think your customers aren't on tiktok yeah aren't on instagram like us with us having kids they put us on new things all the time yeah you know so that the next generation of our customers is on those apps so i well, mean well not only that janine but like okay so I have five boys. So oh my gosh! <laughs> so you can tell, like each one likes a certain social media channel. Well, that's interesting. Even though okay. they're only a couple of years apart, right? But like my twenty-two-year-old Instagram. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then my uh, my uh, next one Snapchat. Okay. And then my twelve-year-old uh, TikTok. Okay, <laughs> yeah. So it's like, kind of like what's up and coming. Yeah. When they get a phone or you know whenever. And I. But what happens is. Then they show their parents. Right. And then their parents get on it. Yeah. Because I got, uh, with Instagram, you know, I was introduced to, like, fidget spinners and, like. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. There you go. From, yeah. From uh, kids. So, if someone's not on TikTok now, even, like, um, the millennials, like, my age group. Yeah. I consider myself a Gen X, though, on the record. I was okay. 81, okay. but I'm Gen X. But <laughs> I'm 87, and my husband's like, we're Gen X. I'm like, no, we're not. Stop it. Yeah. So ridiculous. I but your your kids like 
they will put that next generation. So the 40 and 50 year olds are going to be on TikTok in just a couple years. Is there yeah, time. it's going to trickle down. So if yeah. you're already ready for your guests, like right. get ready we'll for a house party to find when this. they get there. Exactly. Yeah, that's <laughs> a really good analogy. Yeah, yeah exactly. So yeah. just having that concept. Be prepared so that you're there for them to find there's, you when, they when come. they're on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because Facebook, it, it's it's just a different, I, I really think it's funny seeing, and sometimes it's frustrating seeing the differences in dynamics um, between the differences. Oh, yes, yeah. too. You're in a different mood when you're on Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn. You're more professional. Yeah. People on Instagram are way nicer. Oh, and I <laughs> yeah. We get um, by far much more critical comments on Facebook. But, if you, but it might just be the platform. I think you're in a different mindset when, when you're on different platforms. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I don't know if it's an age thing or just a mood thing or, you know, I it's it's just funny, but I've seen a lot of other companies say that too. They're like, people like Facebook, people are mean. And it's true. Like people are, and, and honestly, it's like one in every, you know, hundred comments. So it's just like, yeah. It's one like, in every yeah, crowd. There's, yeah. a, there's always one. You're never going <laughs> to escape it. But um, I enjoy Instagram so much. But it's made it really easy to cross post between the two. So yeah. it's like, why not? Because we have more followers on Facebook. But um, if I had my choice, I would only be on Instagram. On Instagram. But I, I wouldn't do that to the people that, you know, follow us on Facebook just because that's kind of, you know, some people don't have both. And, and yeah. it's a personal preference versus what's yeah. good for business. I think yeah. Facebook's still very uh, Oh, I would never. I mean, business. I'm not going to be shutting down our Facebook page anytime. Yeah. Actually, just this morning, we broke 25,000. So, <laughs> I was waiting for that. I kept pushing my page last night. I was like, it's so close. Because that, um, that Insta, or the, um, the time capsule post yeah. shot us way yeah. Uh, yeah yeah so that was really fun but <laughs> I was waiting for it but um yeah I mean I enjoy both of them I, I do I think it's it's really cool when you get a really good post that people respond to really well it's always a little disheartening when you think something's really neat and people just don't really they're not gravitate you know, not vibing with it yeah. or whatever the time sometimes it's time of day but I think more it's just the post but um it's so satisfying though when you when you get something that people are like really enjoying because you yeah. want to see people cool. enjoy and you're the like same things you do yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah so that's always like very rewarding in that in that respect another thing that I wanted to point out that I feel like you're doing really well that um I think other businesses might want to consider is you guys do uh online sales yes yeah um, when did you start doing that? Yeah, so pretty early on, um, I had, so this is like going way, way, way back. Um, I did, um, I got part of my art degree. I have, I have a psych degree, and then I also had a double major in art when I was at school. Okay. And so um, I was in metalworking and jewelry design. So at one point, I tried opening an Etsy shop, not realizing how competitive Etsy is for jewelry and how not prepared I was for that. Very popular at one Oh, time. my gosh. Yeah. yeah, I think it was all jewelry at that point. Um, when we got into salvage, we had these beautiful little pieces that I knew would be really easy to ship. I mean, a little window handle, you throw it in a bag, you're done. But um, I was like, I'm just going to try it, whatever. So I opened up a shop on Etsy and put up like five items. And one sold like two weeks. I mean, I couldn't believe (laughs) because Etsy can be really difficult to get a, you know, kind of get a foothold in um, depending on the market you're in. Um, But yeah, so that, once that took off, I mean, it was like, if someone found us in all of this, we need to put more on there. So I really started focusing on putting that on. Um, but then during um, COVID, when that hit, 
people were shopping online like Everybody was crazy. Home, yeah. Yes. And they had free money. <laughs> yeah. And so I believe that is when I made our, we started off with a Squarespace account. Um, and then within the last, I want to say two years, we updated it, upgraded it. I'm going to say it's an upgrade to Shopify oh, website. So it, the platform is Shopify, but it's just our domain. But um, that has been, that was a lot of work to get that done. But I want to... I like Shopify. I do too. Yeah. I, I really Shipping, think it's they great. calculate everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think it's an awesome platform. Um, and the support is excellent, I must say. Yeah. <laughs> I use it frequently. Yeah. But um <laughs> just trying to distance ourselves and 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 just have our own standalone sure. site as much as possible. We're not ready to leave Etsy yet. Etsy is great for what we do, but I do want to be able to stand on our own at some point if if we can. What um, uh, what portion of um sales do you think comes from online? I would say 75%. Really? Yeah, it's huge. Without online sales, I don't I don't want to say we wouldn't be in business. Um I don't think that's true, but we wouldn't be to the capacity that we are now. We wouldn't be able to be where we're at now and right. having grown the way that we have and being able to buy inventory and buy salvage rights and and that kind of thing. That's so, awesome. yeah, it's been absolutely essential. I would say anybody who's doing anything probably needs to be selling online just because if we were to rely on on foot traffic um it I, it's just not there um it, it it is to an extent but not enough to keep a, a large company up and function not that we're a large company but um for the amount of inventory, inventory carrying, yeah. yeah yeah it needs to be online so wow. um right now we're at like 410 products or something online and I want to I mean I want to get everything listed online if we can that's never going to happen but yeah. we're always working towards that goal so yeah nice Your thank you really nice. I'm, I'm actually I just came this morning I was like our conversion rate I'm trying to work on that because it's not where it should be on our Shopify site it was actually support that told me I was talking to them about something different and they're like you should take a look at this and I was like oh god <laughs> but it was you know it, it was really actually like very helpful so we're I think our next project is going to be how can we make our website more user-friendly? So I think we're going to be adding like a reviews tab to it so people can see like we're a legitimate company. If you buy something from us, yeah. you're actually going to get it and it'll be what we said it's going to be. Because you find a random website online, you don't, you don't know. Yeah, you yeah, take yeah. a chance and that's great. But um, you do you know, ever get negative doing. reviews? Um, we, <laughs> yeah, not very often. I really actually... I'm really proud of like our our review history on on Etsy. Like I said, we don't have one on our website yet, but we will have we do have one on Etsy, and we have uh, at this at this point it's it's like ninety nine point nine percent five star reviews. Um, every once in a while, we will get something that's a four star where they don't explain why it's a four star, and it might just be that you know they think four stars is really good but yeah. whatever i don't know i don't know i don't i don't ask them. like you know yeah. is fine. i'm not gonna yeah i'm not gonna like message them and ask them why that's just weird but um we um we did this is i feel i don't know i was mad but i i'm not gonna call her out by name um we did get a one-star <laughs> review um because she claimed the item wasn't as described and i said send me a picture and I said, no, that is how it's described. And then she sent it back to us and I looked at it and it's exactly how it's described. And I, I just stood by it. I stood by it. I just, I, I didn't do anything. You know, I'm, I will willingly admit we have sent the wrong items by mistake sure, sure. or, you know, something breaks. Absolutely. That's our fault. We'll make it right. 
things happen, you know, we're, we're really sorry. A lot of companies, I feel like they're afraid of um, negative customer yeah. reviews. But to me, to be honest with you, like you said, things happen. They're yeah. going to happen. Yeah. But I think to me, what really shows um, potential customers what a company is made of is yeah. how they handle the how review. How you respond to the review. Yeah. So but, I think uh, it's, I, you, you know, you remember that old saying, like, there's no bad press. <laughs> exactly. No such thing as bad bad publicity. Yeah. 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 No, I, I totally agree. It's just yeah. being a little testy or whatever. Yeah. People can, we know that. Right. And they'll read through in your response what kind of company yeah. you are. Are you yeah. going to get defensive? Are you going yeah. to start being snotty? Yeah. Yeah. Um, them. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I did respond to that one. Um, I don't remember what I said, but I just think I said, you know, we this this is exactly as it was described and like, yeah. you know i told the situation of what happened and you know yeah that's it you no, know i don't I, think a company should be afraid though no, i think it's honestly an opportunity if you made a mistake just be like yeah you know that we're really sorry about that mm -hmm. and and we we did do a refund we did you know get a return and rick's whatever yeah we, we made it right that's an opportunity to be like hey if we do make a mistake we'll we'll make it right yeah. with you yeah, yeah we're gonna stand by it and you know be honorable um and then you just have to take you're dealing with the world so you're gonna get a couple of oddballs here and there yeah. so it happens. Happen. <laughs> yeah and and sometimes I do go in and read other businesses responses and and sometimes I'm kind of surprised at the way that yeah they talk yeah to yeah because yeah. if I was a customer seeing the way that the the seeing a snotty response even if it's warranted because sometimes yeah it, well, well you take it you personal know yeah it business. is personal. yeah yeah, yeah. You, you'd like to think it's not but it is but um and it's totally understandable, but it's not professional. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. And it doesn't professional help. response. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So do you offer handyman services yes, too? Yes, we do. Yeah. 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 How did that innovation come about? Um, it was during the pandemic too, um, because at that point, um, Colton was working for us part time, but he got laid off from his other position. So we're like, why don't we try to make a real go of this and add in handyman services because he really wants to get that rolling he really enjoys doing that mm -hmm. and he would like to do that much much more you know as much as possible mm -hmm. um and so that's when we started offering those services so you know we cleared it with our insurance guy and all of that and started advertising that and he's done quite a few jobs in the Peoria area um as far as like installation and repair work and things like that so do you guys offer local delivery we um yeah on some things yeah yeah on some things especially if it was like a door or something easy to transport like that you know have you had other innovations that you've implemented in the business um the i i've started going through more of our hardware and repairing things that i can repair um and then also the rewiring of the antique lights um that's something that we did not do for a long long time just because i didn't know how um but after learning and having somebody who knows about wiring and electricity mm -hmm. teach me the right way to do things. And, and honestly, that's the easier part of it. The hard part is finding the parts really? to use. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's another like kind of upgrade now. Um, we won't, re we won't rewire like your grandma's old light if you bring it into us. But if you see a light in our store that's not rewired yet, there's a good chance that we could offer you a price on that to okay. have it done before you take it home. So yeah, sort of an upgrade thing that we didn't used to offer. Um, and then also just um, 
I don't do this. I would love to, but it's never going to happen. I'm repairing leaded glass windows. We have a we have a guy that we've been using for that out of Bloomington. Um, so that's something where if we get like a really cool piece in, but it's just not quite good enough to sell to somebody, yeah. we can take it and have it repaired and then offer it as like a you know a yeah restored window. Yeah, that reminds me of the, I can't think of the name of the show, but the girl's name is Nicole. She's in Minnesota. Is it Nicole Curtis? Is it yeah. that rehab yeah. addict? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Rehab yeah. Addict. yeah. I love it. it. Makes me think of that. Yeah. You kind of have to have your own network of people yeah. that fix just comes windows with time, just, I yeah. think. That's been, you know, we're still meeting people and networking with people. But, um, yeah, we've met a lot of cool people who um, have helped us out a lot, a lot with that type of thing. And other business owners who have been really supportive and things like that. The Peoria business community is, is really great. I agree. Yeah. 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 Lots of nice people. Um, What would you say to someone just starting out in business? What would you, what advice would you give them? In business in general? Mm -hmm. It it's not going to happen overnight. Um, social media is super important, and it it doesn't have to cost you anything. So just use it, use it all the time. For a long time, I think we posted every day on Facebook, um, and and that it it'll be slow, and you'll feel like nobody is out there. But uh, and then networking, going to meet people who are in your your field, going to vendor fairs. Um, you know, for us, it was going to like vintage markets and things like that. We made a lot of connections through that. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, and and you'll you'll make mistakes and you'll feel you'll feel really bad, but you'll learn. You have it happens, yeah. and and then you learn because those lessons are really valuable yeah and try not to make the same mistake twice. it's the only way you're gonna learn yeah 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 i mean i'm embarrassed to think about you know some of the things that i you know goofy packages like stuff goofy packages i sent stuff in and you know just like why, why did i do that you know like but you know what a lot of people they don't get started because they're so afraid yeah to, to yeah. look to do that better to just get out some started do some stupid stuff and learn from it than never do anything yeah. at all and what was I just I was just thinking like um you know oh like don't over invest I mean we we were lucky to have the opportunity to do the business with zero debt we don't we don't have any debt we didn't have to take out any loans it's obviously not the case for a lot of people, and that's totally understandable, but don't overextend yourself. Assume that you're not going to make any money. Yeah. Just assume. Yeah. If you don't, then you're prepared for it. And if you do, it'll be great. <laughs> you'll, yeah. you'll have more money than you thought you did, but just, just plan for not, plan for, plan for the worst. Um, You know, we, I, I'm, I, I'm trying to be super careful, super picky about what we buy. The economy's not doing well, whatever. Try not to overextend. We're all waiting for the I know the big you know recession yeah. that's coming or yeah. the shoot. Oh, yeah. We've seen it a little bit on on sales online and, and in person. It hasn't been horrific yet. Yeah. You know? Um but yeah, just leaving a cushion for yourself. But and then also Well think of where we were though. People are buying stuff like crazy. Oh my gosh. COVID <laughs> so it was has to come down nuts. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean seriously I mean I know like we were shut down in in store shopping for a while, but we made yeah. more sales than we've ever made while we were shut down. Yeah. Which is yeah, I mean it's just we were really lucky, but it's crazy. People are getting yeah. checked. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have to be there and I could just fulfill, you know, on my own. Orders, and yeah. the warehouse was nice and quiet and open. Not that I don't want customers there, but it worked out well for 
for a bad situation, it worked yeah, out, yeah. you know, in, in well for us. But I would also just say, um, on the one hand, don't don't spend on things you don't need to. But then also don't be afraid to invest in things that you know you're going to need. I wish that I had um, invested in better shipping products, you know, sooner than we did. It made my life so much easier and it expedited our process. But it was just kind of a, it seemed like a lot of money at the time. Mm-hmm. But um, looking back now, I, you know, be like, God, that would have been, that would have saved me so many headaches, you know, stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, tools and equipment that we need and stuff like that. Just like, yeah, buying things that'll make you more efficient. And yeah. What do you do when you're feeling like, your bucket's empty, you're kind of feeling like depleted and, and all that. What do you do yeah. to kind of get re-energized? Well, I like to do something like creative. Um, I was feeling like that, like before this last salvage, that kind of re-energized me because it had been a long time since we had some like, you know, rip into the building, yeah. pull stuff out because it's kind of invigorating to be able to do that. Um, and, and winter's always slow, but I like to do something like creative like a creative project or like I like to start a project on our house because that makes me feel like I'm like really accomplishing doing something, something and yeah. doing something creative and like making my house pretty so um like I'll start like a random project that doesn't need to be done which I'm <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say about your husband but, loves yeah. that yeah like I, I like to read we have a little power room on our second floor so I did like I redid that like I you know just easy th- things that I can do on my own yeah but, uh, that kind of makes me I don't know. It just gives me a feeling of satisfaction. And then sometimes I'll share those little house projects like on our social media pages too, just so people can kind of see like, oh, we live in an old house too, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like we're we're not, <laughs> we're doing the same things that everybody else is doing, you know, mm-hmm. um, dealing with old pipes and, you know, stupid windows that don't fit anymore. Vinyl windows, not antique wood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that. But yeah, sometimes it does it like burn out. You know, and, and it'll take me a while to kind of come up with like a, an engaging idea to post or like, you know, oh, what are we going to list now online? Like kind of getting bored with like the same old, same old. Mm-hmm. So it helps to look at it from like a different person's perspective too. Like somebody coming in the warehouse will be like, oh my God, these are so cool. It's like, oh, well, we don't have those online. So I should, I should list those next, you yeah, know, or make a post about there. those yeah. or yeah. Yeah. To us, it can be kind of routine sometimes. So I think customer feedback try. is yeah so valuable yeah 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 I I always appreciate it and if it's something that we can do to change it we will some suggestions are just you know beyond us someone was like are you ever gonna have your doors inventoried by size no (laughs) I told him I was like that's a great idea but it's yeah it's not gonna happen yeah (laughs) um that would be awesome but um it would require taking every single door out of our door racks and we have like 400 doors or more right now so it's just at this point we're just doing our best to keep everything labeled and sort of in certain areas but um yeah I I love I think the idea is awesome but we can't (laughs) maybe just start doing it as they come in yeah and we do have certain little sections but yeah Yeah. and then it's like is it by size? Is it by style? Is it by glass or wood? Is it by painted or unpainted? Yeah. You know, so yeah, is it by condition? What so, kind of wood? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it kind of gets mind boggling at that point. But who would you say is your biggest mentor? Um, I mean, my husband has helped me a ton with pushing me to expand and improve, uh, be more professional, you know. Um, and and my employees have pushed me to 
like let's rearrange this this doesn't need to be up here you know that doesn't need to be up here um but then i look at other salvage companies who have been around for 30 years and i'm like super inspired by them um there's Stocks Architectural Salvage, and I think he's in Tennessee now. There's Architectural Antiques in Minnesota. There's, you know, Salvage One in, of course, in Chicago. That's amazing. Um, there's a, I'm sure there's a bunch, uh, Old House Society in, in Bloomington and Pack and Champagne. They're, they've been doing it for decades. And I mean, they're like, some of these are like the OG, like they've been doing it before <laughs> it was anybody wanted yeah. this stuff, mm -hmm. you know, it was a real obscure thing. Yeah. Um, even at, you know, in the 80s, they were tearing down buildings left and right all over the place, and nobody wanted this stuff because it was just garbage. Think of all the houses. Yeah. Garbage. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they were the ones that had the foresight to remove the things when they could and just either warehouse them or start a business. A lot of guys who don't have an up and running business now that are like known as collectors, you know, a lot of people in the business know mm -hmm. them, but mm -hmm. they had the foresight to just basically remove it and flip it, store it. And now it's hot stuff that everybody wants and it's yeah. going off to, you know, crazy mansions and builds all over the country Ships all over, and yeah. yeah, it's worth a ton of money and they saved it because otherwise it would be gone forever. So yeah, some of these people really were way ahead of their time. So yeah. I definitely look to them as far as like, you know, they're kind of role models for... You should start a TV show. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Even if it's just something little like on YouTube or something. Oh yeah, I, well, we have a... My husband's really good at like editing and all that stuff. I'm not. And I know he's like, you should just put this on YouTube. You should do that. But um, I I should. I feel like someone else needs to do it for me. Because yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can like handle another That's media okay. channel. Yeah. But yeah, I would. I think it'd be awesome if we could just get somebody who would like to like film a little bit here and there. Um, My, my, my employee, one of my employees, Um, she's, she's not even 18 yet. So she's really good at like social media. She's always like, telling me how to edit things on TikTok when I don't know how it like yes <laughs> but like add like certain texts and things like that she's like you have to go in and click that and then you do this and then you do that but I feel like she'd be really good at like you know doing some of that stuff so at some point we might you know great. expand that a little bit or mm -hmm. add that on but yeah it's been, we do have a YouTube channel but it's been like years since I've done anything with it so you can have your, your own rehab addict yeah, yeah yeah it's like at one point we were um interviewed for a tv show that they were trying to pitch um and it, it didn't get anywhere and part of me is like i don't know if i would want to do that because it seems like i don't know like i i've seen like we had um cheap old houses come to the warehouse and just seeing like the amount of work and like traveling all over the country and stuff it's like i don't know if i could do that but yeah yeah, yeah. but it's it's cool to like daydream about yeah. like when it comes down to it, it's like Okay. a lot of work yeah. <laughs> yeah but a youtube channel would be like a nice in between yeah yeah is there anything that we didn't talk about that you wanted to mention i don't think so i mean i just i think like peoria is a great i i, I think people get down on peoria a lot but peoria but peoria mm -hmm. has its issues just like any town does. thank you I mean, that that makes me the most mad yeah like, on you facebook know, or the are the news article now and i that's what like out of peoria that's and is it that. so much better where you're living now i mean it maybe depends on the neighborhood but well, neighborhoods we lived in was not like you know the the but so like your most whatever <laughs> elegant city, neighborhood but your newspaper in their town this same talk of this size is going to have issues yeah. and i mean that's not to say that we shouldn't work on you know solving them but i think peoria is trying really hard yeah. i think sometimes 
it needs to get out of its own way and maybe just let things happen. I think some of the red tape could be reeled back a little bit, but I do see that there are a lot of like development committees and they're, they're really trying, they're trying mm-hmm. to be business friendly, but I think that it takes business owners maybe reaching out to them as well and telling them being like, this is what we need. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether that's the chamber of commerce or a business coalition or something like that, but we wouldn't have been able to start a business like this in like the town where I grew up. It's way too expensive. It's way too big. We never would have made it. You know, it's mm-hmm. just the buy-in cost is way too high. Pure is a cheap place to live. And it's... And it's got a lot of valuable yeah, resources. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I tell people that a lot. I'm like, this wouldn't have happened for us in any other town. It's yeah. just, it would have been way too expensive. So, yeah, yeah. I love Peoria. <laughs> I do. I really like it. Um, I like I like where our warehouse is. It's not the most glamorous neighborhood, but you know what? We bought a it building fits for with nothing. Your, yeah. You know? Yeah, and it, it kind of fits, fits your brand and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that neighborhood <clears> is awesome. I think that... I hope and I think that the warehouse district with all the nice stuff they've been doing down there and it seems to be taking hold. I see new businesses moving in and things like that and the Mm -hmm. restaurants there are successful and all that kind of stuff. Um, I hope that it trickles down into our neighborhood. I would love, oh, my one hope, really, really hope, (laughs) this is so dumb, but that they would redo the sidewalks in our area because if that is a main corridor coming in from the the airport, I would love to see that revitalized a little bit. I think that's the goal, obviously, at some point, but I think that would make walkability factors. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. We do have nice wide sidewalks, but they're falling apart. So that making a wheelchair accessible because our building right now, we have like a six inch gap. We've got to kind of hop. Um, I would love to see them come in and do ADA accessible ramp, you know, sidewalks into our sure. that would be awesome, something yeah. like that, and just redoing that street into a two-way so you don't have to loop around and come in from a weird direction yeah. just for out-of-town people, you know. I, I But I think that Peoria's got the right idea with a lot of this stuff, and a lot of people compare it to East Peoria, but I don't really think they're comparable. I don't, mm-hmm. I'd rather see lots of little odd, unusual businesses in those little mixed development, mixed use buildings downtown Peoria than have a Walmart and a Target, you know, Shopping just, yeah. Plaza, yeah. Just, if you need that, you can hop right over the river, but yeah. I think that we've got a lot going for us with the old buildings that can be subdivided and stuff like that too. Yeah. So yeah. Where can people find you at, Jenny? We are on Facebook at PeoriaArchitecturalSalvage.com. We are on Instagram at PeoriaArch salvage.com or sorry Peoria Arch Salvage and then we are at um PeoriaSalvage.com is our website so yeah did I say Peoria Architectural Salvage on Facebook or did I say Peoria Architectural Salvage I don't know what I said I don't but know. it's just Peoria Salvage <laughs> on Facebook yeah. I'm running and, we're on, and yeah. we're on TikTok and I think that's just Peoria Arch Salvage too yeah you can get onto it from your website yeah, yeah yeah there should be links on all that stuff and yeah I try to make it pretty easy for us to find if you type it in we should pop up somewhere on Google and your uh, physical address 2000 Southwest Adams Street and we're open we have a little bit of a weird schedule we're open Tuesday and Thursdays 10 to 2 and then first and third Saturdays 9 30 to 3 and I, I kind of keep those other weekends open for my kids but yeah yeah awesome. we're there though we're there, we're there people always drive by you're never open yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in those hours on your website in case someone needs 
to check? Oh yeah, we yeah. can. Yeah, they're they're under the hours tab okay. on our website. So yeah, yeah. All right. Well, or they can call us on our voicemail too. I try to put it everywhere because yeah. it's not easy to remember. Yeah. Well, I am very excited um, oh, to man, be was, with you. Yeah. Talking to you, you had so many good questions. I really appreciate that. I had so much fun. Yeah, this is an interesting topic and an interesting business uh, for me. So it, it wasn't hard to come up with questions okay. at all. <laughs> so, all right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for uh, watching. Um, again, this is Janine Wester from Peoria Architectural Salvage. Uh, check her out. Um, and everyone that's listening or watching, if you haven't yet, follow us on our Facebook group, Peoria Business Champs. And we're also on YouTube under the same name. So thanks again, guys, and have a great day.